City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to the Hearts and Heartbreak podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do? Liquor Mark. I'm doing pretty well, man. So we got big news yesterday. Uh, Damian Lillard traded to the Bucks. They got Dame and Giannis teaming up. And I wanted to open with this, Tim. Do you think that the Hornets are still the favorites in the Eastern Conference after this trade? I mean, listen, we've owned the Bucks for years. The Celtics, they duck us in the playoffs every year. I don't see how we're not the favorites. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I, I'm visioning that uh, that Lamelo game winner against the Bucks from like two years ago. Uh, I don't know. I think I think we still have their number. I'd still put us slightly above the uh, the Bucks and Celtics. No, uh, just kidding. But but you know, it's a team that we have surpassed, Tim. We've surpassed the Carolina Panthers as no longer the lead, uh, most depressing team in Charlotte. It's like close. I can hear I can hear arguments from both sides. But the Panthers are 0-3. Bryce Young, I hate to say it, has not been very good. Uh, you can say that he's going to turn into a very good quarterback eventually, but, I mean, right now he's not very good. And they don't have their first-round pick next year. I would like to encourage all Panthers fans everywhere, all right, now is the time. Just take a break. Take a break from watching football. Basketball season's starting in October. Go ahead and hop on the bandwagon. Uh, before it's too late, we have a lot of young, exciting, uh, and potentially bad behavior uh, players on our team. But uh, now's the time. Sign up now. <laughs> you know, obviously, I love the Hornets probably more than you know ninety nine point nine percent of people. If I was over at my friend's house and we were watching a Panthers game, and they were like, "Dude, oh my god." Dude, we're playing the Celtics. It's October 19th. How can I forget? And they turn off the game. I'd be like, all right, you got to calm down. <laughs> it's like, you got to put you gotta put the Panthers game back on. <laughs> but I do, I do love the, um, I love the Bryce Young hate. I, um, I want to disagree with it, but I kind of do agree. And I don't really think there's like an NBA comparison. I guess like, so we traded DJ Moore, you know, he's a top, 20 wide receiver in the league and the ninth pick. It's like if we traded PJ Washington and like the fifth pick for the first pick and we were still the worst team in the league, just kind of depressing. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think the Hornets are at least like clearly not the worst team in the NBA, uh, whereas the Panthers might be the worst team in the NFL. Uh, they, you do have the Bears as like a, a comparison point. Maybe the Bears are worse, but the Panthers, Panthers are at the bottom. And they, the thing that sucks is that they don't have their first pick next year. If the Hornets suck, we we, we still get uh, the Caleb Williams equivalent in next year's draft, right? Yeah, I like, you know that we're definitely shitty because, or we're definitely bad, I should say, because like um, the pick that we traded for Kai Jones, it was like a lottery protected pick. There's no one around NBA circles that are like, oh, you know, the Hornets, that might be the 16th pick. <laughs> Everyone knew that's like a late protected second round pick. They're like, well, that's not coming to fruition. <laughs> also, um, Panthers, Hornets, um, parallel. I feel like defensive tackle is undervalued in the NFL and center is undervalued in the NBA. And Derek Brown and Mark Williams. Both young budding stars. Derek Brown a little further along. I'm not sure how into the Panthers you are, but that's my take. I could be wrong. Yeah. Okay. I think that's enough Panthers discussion. The point is, in Charlotte, the Panthers are just like so much of a bigger deal than the Hornets. Now's now's the time for the Hornets to make a little splash and maybe maybe shift that shift that focus over to the Hornets. If they have a great season this year, there'll be a lot a lot of buzz because there's nothing else to do in, in Charlotte sports wise right now. Um, all right, let's get into news that we haven't covered because uh, we have recorded the past two months. It's been the off season. We're now back. Uh, every Thursday, we're going to be releasing episodes. I believe this episode will come out on a Friday, but moving forward, we'll be on a Thursday schedule. The season is back. So PJ Washington signed to a three-year, forty-eight million dollar deal. That's sixteen million per year. He was the last restricted free agent, uh, like in this year's off season, to go unsigned, and then finally he got signed. Um, pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. There's not, not too much more to say about it from, from my perspective. Like there was talks of PJ making more than 20 million a year or 20 million a year. We got him for 16, um, which for a player like PJ who can defend multiple positions and can knock down a three. Um, it's a good deal. It's a good contract. Yeah, it's pretty much my thoughts exactly, where, like, I wanted something exciting to happen, but it's like, yeah, 348. It's like, yeah, it sounds about right. It's like, mm-hmm. starter money is right around, you know, $16 million. And it's like, yeah, this guy is, like, a average starter in the NBA. And we got him locked down. I wish it could have been four years, but I understand that. I think it was a good deal of business on both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, PJ wanted more. Um, but I think it's good for the Hornets that, that he didn't get more. Um, he hasn't had like any season where he's been averaging 18 points per game, which would have demanded more money than this. Um, he's just basically been like, a, like you said, a solid starter or a solid six man for this team for the past like three seasons. Um, and he's also still young, so lots of room for improvement, but like, well, yeah, what's up? Also, I mean, it was a really good deal because I mean, you have to think. We have to earmark at least, you know, forty million for James Booknight and Kai Jones coming up <laughs> on their deal. Is that is that right? That's what I heard. They're first round picks, yeah? No, 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 it's not. But then we have we have some flexibility. Uh I don't know. Maybe maybe we could have used that money to uh sign Kelly Oubre. The next big piece of news was that 
Oubre signed for a one-year, $2 million contract with the 76ers, a.k.a. the minimum. And you brought up this point, Tim. When is the last time a 20-point-per-game scorer got the minimum contract the next year? It's hard to think of examples. Um. Yeah, I'd have to go back, like, Billy Ray Bates on, like, the <laughs> 1981 Blazers. that's like way back and that's a small sample size but yeah it's one of those things of like you know Hornets fans I include myself were like you really couldn't have got you know a late first round pick for Kelly Oubre and the market dictated no (laughs) no we could have not yeah yeah, dude. I uh, actually asked ChatGPT this question, and ChatGPT couldn't come up with the correct answer because it gave me Michael Red, and I and it was like, yeah, I got a minimum contract, but this was this was not not a good example because it wasn't the year right after he got scored twenty points per game. Maybe it's never happened. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it has, but it's it's got to be pretty rare where a dude's putting up twenty per game, and then and then the next year is making two million dollars only. Russell yeah, Westbrook, was, okay. maybe I don't. What was he averaging? Yeah, he he was at like seventeen a game last year. Yeah. Then I was like, oh, but like Lou Williams on the Raptors, like he was six man of the year, and like they didn't offer him a contract. But it's like, yeah, there was like sixteen a game, and like you know with inflation. But either way, <laughs> kind of impressive. But also, I will always love Kelly Oubre for those like eight threes in a quarter against um, Detroit. We had some good times. I feel like yeah. his contract. You know, it it worked out. We knew it was a placeholder. It would have been a little cooler. I do remember at the time celebrating because it was between Kelly Oubre and Lori Markinen. And we were like, dude, thank God we didn't sign Lori <laughs> Markinen for your deal. And I'm like, wow, that would that would kind of be nice. Yeah. So I mean, I think there's a world where like him signing this two million dollar contract. I don't know how likely this is, but I think there's a world where, like, mid-season, everyone's like, damn, the Hornets are so stupid. Like, Kelly Oubre is just putting up 18 points per game off the bench, like, on, like, a fish and three-point shooting. James Harden's happy and, like, hitting, hitting – I mean, he seems like a James Harden player, right? Somebody who would play well with Harden. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I have, like, mixed feelings about it. Like, it's like, wait, we, we couldn't have done that? We couldn't have had him for $2 million? Um, but I think it's a move where, you know, Oubre's like a high-usage player uh, who does not pass the ball. And we just drafted Brandon Miller, who's, like, the similar archetype as as Kelly Oubre. Um, so we're clearing some room for, for Brandon Miller to get minutes. And also, like, the Hornets on offense – uh, if you're not a Hornets fan, you might laugh at this, but on offense, they're like pretty good. Um, and we don't really like need another mouth to feed, um, between LaMelo, Terry Rogier, Miles Bridges, Brandon Miller, like there are plenty of players who can kind of create. Um, so Kelly Oubre, like what he does is maybe more valuable on a different team. Um, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it, but I think there's, I think there's a 40% chance that this looks like kind of stupid. Yeah, it would be nice. I also, I'm operating under the circumstance that Mitch Kupchak doesn't know that, like, an unrestricted free agent can leave for nothing. It's like, every year, it's like, oh, Kemp Walker coming up on a deal. It's like, nah, let's not do anything with the trade deadline. 
it just seems as though he's content to wait everything out year after year. Um, and maybe, I mean, I think a lot of the time, I mean, like even the Kemba deal, which seemed outrageous at the time, it did bring us Terry Rozier. I assume that, you know, Mitch Kupchak knows more about basketball than I do. It's like, he's probably got a plan. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, and you know, legal circumstances, like what Kelly or, um, got, um, Kevin Porter Jr. did is way worse, but it's kind of a similar situation where it's like, and we don't really need this guy on our team right Mm. now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like a fit. I think it's a fit thing. Um, but, but still 2 million, it's so low. Um, I guess I'll add to it that actually, I don't remember what I was going to say. Kelly, Kelly, like just like consistently, um, does not pass the ball. He's like one of the lowest assists per game players. But when you, I mean, when you look at his scoring, you would think like, okay, he's not that efficient of a score. He was less than a percent worse in true shooting than LaMelo Ball this past season. So, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like terrible, his efficiency. And also he never with, you know, like no, or uh, no assist comes, he never turned the ball over. Mm. Yeah. He was still like not a fun player to watch, not an efficient player, but there are like certain things where it's like, I feel like he should be worth like mid-level, but Mm -hmm. you know, I guess, you know, the market dictated what it did and I kind of trust that. It's like, I'd be a little bummed out if we were like, oh, Kelly Oubre coming back on a three-year, $40 million deal. Yeah. That would be. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. It, it, maybe it was just time. Maybe it was just time. He ran his course with the Hornets. Um, time time to give Brandon Miller some looks. Um, okay, Cody Martin, limited in preseason. Um, this is a little bit of speculation, but like he's coming off of that knee injury and this is not good news to hear that he's still limited last year. He played like what, like five games um, or less than that. And he, you know, we would expect for him to fully recover this off season. He got that four year, $32 million deal. And so far that's resulted in like 70 minutes. And this year he's coming in still hurt. Could be not a knee injury. Could be something random that they're just not telling us. The only news that we have is that he's limited in workouts right now, which is just not not good news. Yeah, not to speculate. I'm going to assume it's still the knee. Um, a little alarming. I mean, he pretty much hurt his knee like five minutes into the first game of the season. But, yeah. you know, probably over results i think that at the time the signing was a good deal i will stand by that no one could have predicted that a knee tweak would have turned into a knee surgery that turned into a 12-month turnaround Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i guess i have no more thoughts it's just a situation of monitor um moving forward like if he's not playing in any of the preseason games then the concern level goes from like whatever it is right now, 30% concern to, to high, high alert that, I mean, I mean you, yeah. you think that he's going to play more than 50 games this year? It's just so speculative, dude. We don't know. You know, if, if it's the knee, then no, then no, he's not. If it's not the knee, if it's something else, which maybe they would tell us if it was something that wasn't the knee, right? Maybe they would say, 
uh, that he's out with with a whatever ankle injury or thumb injury. Uh, and maybe the the fact that they aren't telling us indicates that it is still the knee because they wouldn't want to tell us that because that's, I don't know, something to keep under wraps. Um, but it's all, I think it's all speculation at this point. If he's not playing preseason, we have a better idea of what, of what's going on. Okay. That's, that's fair. Assuming it just never works out for him. Um, three years from now when he's on the Phoenix Suns bench and he's a bit player, does he get a tribute video? A tribute video from the Hornets? Yeah. (laughs) No, no. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Martin Twin slander segment. Uh, it's a retired, retired segment. Um, I could, I could go for some Caleb Martin on this team, dude. <laughs> yeah, who would have guessed after our first year of podcasting? I'd be like, I would just really love to see Cody Martin in warmups. It's like him <laughs> getting up some threes, man, and like. No hate against the player, because I think this is just, like, really sad. This is, like, an undrafted or, like, you know, second-round pick. A really good story made it, and, yeah, man, his knee just, it seems as though it's giving out a little bit. And, again, this is speculation. So, hopefully he comes back fully healthy. I really like him as a player, but a little little disappointing. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so we got some listener questions. Uh, uh, yesterday, I put out on our Instagram uh, just a Q&A at Hornets Podcast. You guys can give us a follow. Um, and Carson asks, what are the odds we make the playoffs and get out of the play-in? And what I want to do for this question, Tim, I'm going to take you back. I'm going to go on a time machine. Two years ago, okay, the Hornets won 43 games. We did not make the playoffs because we lost in the play-in to the Hawks. But our team was pretty good and, and, like, one of the most exciting teams in the NBA that season. And this was our six players who led the team in minutes per game. Miles Bridges, still on the team. Terry Rozier, still on the team. Lamella Ball, still on the team. Gordon Hayward, still on the team. P.J. Washington, still on the team. Cody Martin, still on the team, but we don't know. So, um, with that in mind, like, I think the average – of those players have improved. Like Lamella Ball should have improved significantly. PJ Washington should have improved significantly. Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward probably a little little decline. Um, but with that that in mind, like yeah, it should be possible that the Hornets Hornets make the playoffs this season. Um, we've added some pieces like Brandon Miller, Mark Williams, Nick Richards. Um, what we're missing is like Kelly Oubre, Montrezl Harrell. Um, and like Isaiah Thomas. So we're missing a little bit of the veteran presence, but the core of that team is is completely still in place. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, different coaches, and I think that I kind of feel for Clifford. Um, we've had our differences in the past, but um, I think that Clifford is like a really good coach. Like, you know, he's probably the 17th best coach mm-hmm. in the league. We had to do rankings. like, But I don't think he's like a detriment to the team. Um, yeah, LaMelo getting better. I mean, I think the, the question is like, where is the East compared to that time? Like, I would say the Wizards have gotten worse. The Magic, the Magic gotten hype. What is it? A 37 and a half over under? Yeah. Yeah. Or 36 and a half, I think. Yeah. 
I'm the biggest Markel Fultz fan in the world, but um, their offense is going to suck this year. Mm. It's hard to have a good team without a good offense. Um, and I think that Mark Williams is definitely a bigger improvement, um, you know, from two and a half year or two years from now um, from Plumlee. I think the team will be better. I think that we will still be in the play-in mix, but I think we could be like the ninth team. Okay, so let's let <laughs> that's one seed improvement over that year. Uh, we were the 10th seed two years ago. Let's give some numbers. Odds we make the play 40%. That's my answer. Um, I'm going to do prices right. I'm going to say 37.5%. Okay. Uh, you, you use a calculator for that one. Uh, okay. Odds we make the playoffs. I guess we got to just basically cut that in half. So I'm I'm going I'm to go 15%. We make the playoffs. What if I told you 18.75? <laughs> then I, I, I would question your strategy uh, with these decimal points, but I could I could appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, realistic hopes, realistic hopes. Okay, but let's let's go from there to like let's get let's get everybody excited. It's the start of the season, you know. I think there's there are these three things, Tim, that are going to really dictate uh, how good the Hornets are this year. And Carson also asked us, what are our hottest takes going into the season? So let's let's dive into it. My first X factor for how good the season uh, for the Hornets is going to be is Miles Bridges. And, you know, we should get this out of the way. He obviously did something off the court that neither Tim and I agree, agree with. And, uh, you know, it's detriment to the team, detriment to himself, def- detriment to uh, the people involved in that incident. But... He's now back on the Hornets. He's going to serve a 10-game suspension. And he lost out on 100-and-whatever-million-dollar contract. He's only making 7.8 this year. So, um, you know, he's back on the team. Anything we say about Miles Bridges, we're just talking about the player. And we're not, you know, promoting him as the person. But, yeah, we, yeah that's that's kind of where fair, we're at. I think that Miles Bridges, worst-case scenario, averages – 15 and 6 I wouldn't invite him to my family Thanksgiving (laughs) okay all right correct so Miles Bridges uh my hot take is that he's gonna be better that he's gonna be better than he was before uh and that is a hot take because most players when they sit out a full season don't get better um but I don't know man I think he has all of the motivation in the world to come in this year and be a great basketball player. He, uh, you know, sat out the entire season. He lost a, a massive contract. We'll never know the exact details of what that contract would have been, but he's on a one-year deal, 7.8 million. And he has to be extremely motivated to play well this year. Um, and I think that, you know, you might say that he's going to get off to a slow start. I, I kind of think the opposite. I think he's going to come in, and play extremely well after serving that 10-game suspension. That's my hot take. I really love the hot take. I kind of disagree. I think that he will get off to a bumpier start. But if you told me, like, okay, in March, Miles Bridges averaged 22-7-5. and 
wouldn't be shocked. I think he is a talented player. I think that the comeback will be a little tough. Um, you know, just as far as missing an entire season plus 10 games. Um, Mark, is there any player you can think of that missed an entire season and then came back strong? Yeah, here we go. Michael Jordan. All right. <laughs> Michael Jordan <laughs> in the 1990s. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He took a year and a half off to play baseball, came back arguably better. No, uh, Paul George, Paul George, also injury related. uh, So that's a little different, perhaps tougher to come back from. He came back from his um, gruesome injury in the Team USA scrimmage uh, and then was arguably better. Um, Yeah, I was trying to think of other names. This is like similar to like us thinking of like, a player that scored 20 points per game and then and then uh got the minimum like there's not that many to pull from but who knows um i mean i kind of i kind of think that he's going to be just as good if not if not better and that's also an x factor for the season i think perhaps the biggest x factor is miles bridges like you said 15 points per game i could see that i could also see 25 points per game um because he's still young and he still has the skills to do that but um What's your what's your hottest take going into the season, Tim? Hottest take is um, let's take a look at it. Let's take the look at the history of the league. I think that Brandon Miller will be the second best player on the Hornets once we finish with eighty two games. Going that is a hot take. Season, yeah, like our previews will be like, wow, can Miller make another jump? Mm. I think okay. he's the real deal. Explain yourself, Tim, because this is uh, slightly different than your state on draft night back in June, uh, your opinions back then. Man, June, I was an entirely different man. No, but man, <laughs> I, I I saw Miller as like more of like, I thought that he was entirely, entirely reliant on his jump shot. But now we're looking at him as a guy who's like, man, he's 6'9", he can dribble, pass, and hypothetically shoot, if his jump shot looked better, I think I would go as far as say he'd be the best player. But he does kind of have like a Brandon Rush, like Draymond Green style jump shot in front of the face. But I think that his passing and his off-ball skills with LaMelo will accentuate the fact that this guy's going to be a good player. He's a 6'10", 6'9 and a half, you know, potential shooting guard. And I think that his shot will actually translate in the league. I'm going out on a limb, but yeah, our second best player when April comes. And that also accounts for the fact that I'm lower on miles Mm -hmm. than you are. Okay, so yeah, this goes back to like when we were drafting between Scoot and Brandon Miller. The one thing that I thought was definitely the case is that fit-wise, and I don't think you agreed with this necessarily, but fit-wise, Brandon Miller made more sense. Um, and you don't draft it at number two overall for fit, but the Hornets kind of did. Brandon, Brandon Miller, like, getting wide-open looks from Lamelo, uh, and like you said, his off-ball movement, the two players do complement each other. Um, and damn, that's a big backcourt, bro. Lamelo Ball and Brandon Miller, if M- Miller plays the two. Um, I was listening to Chase and James's episode earlier yesterday, and they brought up the point that, like, or I guess James brought up the point that maybe we start Brandon Miller, like, at the three and, like, kind of slowly move him to the two because he's going to be more comfortable 
at the three. And I think that was a good point. Like people will want to see him play too immediately, but like he played some like five in high school and like is more comfortable in as like a four. So start him at the three and then slowly work him into like, see if he can play the two. That's kind of what I'm envisioning. Um, don't throw him out as the two right away and like set him up for failure. But um, yeah, man, I mean, that's, this is definitely an X factor for the season. If Brandon Miller is rookie of the year, the Hornets probably like do make the playoffs. They probably are good enough to make the playoffs. Um, if Brandon Miller it has a slow start and is averaging like only 10 points per game, then the Hornets probably don't make the playoffs unless like Miles Bridges goes off and Lamelo plays all 82 games. Oh, see, you said slow start. If you told me that Brandon Miller averaged seven and a half points a game, I kind of wouldn't be shocked. Like the whole season, but I, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, that would that would suck. I mean, it would suck, mm. but it wouldn't shock me. I think that there's also a chance, like. I more believe that he will average like over 13 and a half points a game. Okay. Like at post all-star break and close it in. I think that he just has the chance to be a really good player. And I think I kind of overthought it during the draft. That being said, still would have preferred Scoot Henderson. Mm -hmm. But now that we are where we are, I think I'm the one person after summer league that was like, wow, Brady Miller kind of impressed me. Yeah, yeah, he he showed he showed flashes. He wasn't outstanding. That that summer league team was terrible, um, but he did show a little flashes. And I think once he gets playing with the with the starters and gets, like I said, some wide open looks from Lomelo, he's gonna be able to uh, fill that role. Like, like his floor is what, like PJ Washington? Um, yeah, somewhere around there. I guess that it's counterintuitive, but I feel like if he's really gonna get the time to shine. I'm assuming that Gordon Hayward is going to miss 20 games. Hmm. No, but even right away, like, who do we have that's coming off the bench? He's going to come off the bench. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely coming off the bench. Yeah, like, the I people mean, getting, minute, like, getting minutes is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I've seen the lineups where it's like, oh, like, you know, Terry, Brandon, Miles, PJ, Mark. It's like, we, realistically, it's going to be LaMelo, Terry, Gordon, um PJ and then my or um Mark Williams to start the start the season. But like around like game fifty, I don't know. I mean it just depends on like how it goes. But I do think that Brandon Miller and like he's got the praise from Clifford as well. Clifford was like, this is a type of rookie I love to see. And you know, as much as Clifford has gotten, you know, gruff for not playing rookies like if he actually likes a rookie he will give them run mm. like i mean he gave mo bomba run like ah. 18 minutes a game i'm not comparing them but i'm just saying like if he sees something he likes he'll at least give them a chance yeah all right uh one last thing before uh we close out the pod tim we got to talk about it austin asks us and other people ask us Please explain what is happening to Kai. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets just in the offseason, we can't help but produce these very interesting stories. Um, if you aren't familiar with it, Kai Jones went on Instagram Live and uh, speculatively, I'll say that it seemed like he was on a some sort of substance because he was talking extremely fast and like sweating and it just like was not a great look. 
uh, on the Instagram live video. And he has been tweeting out like every seven minutes. And, you know, we're 26 years old. Kai Jones is 23. So it's not like he's like so much younger than us that we, we are got to be like, Oh, this is like normal. It's not normal. It's not normal to tweet out like every seven minutes, something. Um, and a lot of the tweets are also like extremely cocky. For example, He's basically just said he's better than Mark Williams, better than Nick Richards. He said that he's going to be the MVP defensive player of the year this season. Um, And, you know, for somebody who hasn't done anything at all in the NBA, it's just not a good look. Um, His teammates must not like it. I don't really, I don't really like it. I'm all for like having confidence, but uh, this much confidence when, you haven't done much. You just had like one famous dunk on Victor Wembanyama. It's like, all right, settle, settle down just a little bit, Kai. Yeah, I would also just say like, even like, you know, Pascal Siakam, he took years and years in the G League. So did Fred Van Vliet, you know, both uh, Raptors players or former Raptors. But like, Hi Jones, like if he was as good as he says he is, like, I mean, is he even going to win the G League MVP? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where it comes in. So, uh, you know, we we wish the best for Kai. We wish, you know, hope, maybe he's going through something right now. I hope hope he gets over it and all. But, uh, yeah, not really a distraction that, like, this Hornets team needs right now is Kai Jones just, like, causing all this unnecessary drama on Twitter and, like, posting these Instagram Lives. Um, and it's just got, it's got the Hornets Twitter active. Um, and I mean, Miles Bridges kind of clapped back a little bit with like a, with like a gif. Um, and you know, it's going to be interesting to see. He's not with the team yet, Tim. He's not with the team in like, uh, practices before preseason. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. If I had, if I had to bet, I guess I would say that Kai Jones won't be on the team this year. Um, like when you're already a fringe player and then you cause this much drama, I don't, I don't see how the team just is like, okay, welcome back. Um, but I don't know. That's just speculation. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm someone who, you know, I support, not support, but, um, I understand. Oh man, you have some substance abuse issues. That's cool. He was like our fifth best player on our summer league team. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is not like a Jeremy Sohan situation. This is not a thing like that. It's like, he's been given every opportunity. Mm. Like, I mean, mm. think about it. Like, I mean, Cupcheck came out and was like, man, if Book Knight didn't fall to us, we wouldn't have made the trade. We would have just taken Kai Jones. Mm. Like, so he has like the full backing of the front office. And dude, he just sucks. He sucks. He's and, bad at it. And like, I mean, if, if if he wasn't if he wasn't doing these things, you keep him you keep him around to see, uh, you know, like if he has a better year this season. If he if he like, you know, he's had some good dunks and he's had some flashes. Over overall, not not what you want out of a player uh, who's going into his third season. Like the progress is not there. Um, but we would keep him around if if it weren't for this drama. It's just like, 
I don't know. Um, like, know. Know your place, you know? Yeah, like, there are certain people, like, um, he reminds me of, remember Jan Vesely? No. He was the, um, the Wizards forwards that had a bunch of, like, he was called, like, um, Dunk Ninja in, like, 2012. And made this big kerfuffle. He was in the league for three years, and even the Wizards booted them out. Even the Grunfeld era booted them out. It's like, Kai Jones, he has all the ability in the world. I just don't think he's any good. I think that he has, like, no NBA attributes other than if an offensive rebound falls into his hands, he can finish better than most people, but I mean, he's like worse than Daniel Gafford. I don't think that he would be on the roster for 25 of the NBA teams. Yeah, that sounds sounds about right. Um and yeah, I guess we're both we're both on the same page here. Like we hope that he's not on the team anymore. Um and wish the best for him. Not that's not a shot against Kai Jones the person, but I don't really want him on the Hornets. Um it's it's a bad sign when Miles Bridges is like, hey, you gotta calm down. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. And you know, his teammates have to feel have to feel a little bit the same way. I mean, we don't know the inner workings of how that that you know how the team works and how the locker room dynamic is, but I mean he unfollowed all of them on social media. It just seems like he's going through a lot and you know, maybe in a year he'll he'll be he'll figure it out and he won't be doing this, but uh, we don't need the Hornets. Do not need this distraction on their on their team. Be one thing if it was Lamelo Ball tweeting out every two seconds these obnoxious things, but it's not. It's Kai Jones. Yeah, and it's like as you said, sporting wholeheartedly. Young guy in his twenties, going through some allegedly substance abuse issues. Want him to be okay, but yeah, man. I mean, he's just not a good player. Yeah, <laughs> that's just what it comes down to. The Spurs would cut him. No question. I mean, the Thunder just cut, you know, Usman Garuba, and so did the Rockets. And they, and Usman showed more promise than Kai. It's mm. like that athleticism is really cool, but it's a lot better in a closed gym workout than it actually is in a game. Yeah. It's like he, he's had every opportunity. He hasn't done extremely well in the G League. Like, you know, he fought against, you know, being a pick and roll guy for a long time. I wish him all the best. But, you know, and if he works out with the Hornets, that's great. But I just am not going to I'm not going to lie to people and say that I expect it to happen. Yeah, very fair. I think we I think we covered that fully, dude. Um, So, yeah, we're going to be back next Thursday um, with a new episode uh, each week up until the season starts and then continuing through the season starts. We've got, I guess, a front court preview podcast and a back court preview podcast coming out um, where we're just going to go through player by player, break down their games, uh, incorporate a little bit of the data science work I've been doing into some of these some of these podcast episodes. So uh, look forward to that. Um, Tim, it's been real. Being real, Mark. Um, you always try to skip over it. Do you have anything for Media Corner? Ooh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Money Heist, a.k.a. La Casa de Papel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Spanish show, dude. A uh, little little heist show. Watch the first two seasons. Uh, that's what I've been advised to do and then stop watching. Very, very good show. 
uh robbers you know break into a break into a uh i guess it's not a bank i guess it's the mint uh and then you follow the lives of the robbers as well as other people involved in the in the heist great show la casa de papel is there any reason you would watch that mark no dude i'm just trying to learn spanish i mean it's normal normal activities what do you what do you have for media corner Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um. I saw the 20th anniversary concert of Broken Social Scene, uh, performing the album "You Forget It" in People. Um, one of the five favorite road trip albums I've ever had, and would highly recommend it. DM us on Instagram at Horns Podcast if you got any questions about the podcast or anything else. Uh, it's been real, Laker Tim. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Peace or be safe out there like a market. That's what I should say. Yeah, peace. Peace.